What we're talking about today is God's purpose for your sexuality. Okay? Now, it's going to probably seem like uh, this is getting into like a winter retreat type theme, a purity type um, theme type thing, but it's not. We, we constantly talk about, you know, heterosexual activity, and that's, you know, attraction between a female and a male, okay? And we talk about that a lot. And, and, and actually, before that was almost something uncomfortable. It's like, oh, you can't talk about sex in, in church, you know, because that's just, eh, you know, that's a dirty word. You can't talk about that. It makes people feel uncomfortable, right? But now it's rampant, you know what I mean? Like, it's all over, you know, television is, you know, every commercial has some sort of sex theme to it, you know. I mean, they're selling, they can be selling chicken. And there's some sort of sexual theme, you know, there. You know, there's some woman in a bikini or some guy that's topless, you know, ripped or whatever. You know, there's some, some sensual thing about eating chicken, you know. It's just, you know, and it's just, and it's just chicken. You know, that's all it is, you know? You know, so so I'm just saying like we have been so we've been so exposed to um sex, it's like sex saturated um uh, society. It's everywhere. It's in animation, it's in live um action, it's just everywhere, everywhere, okay? Uh however, even though that barrier was broken where it's like okay, we can talk about sex now. Okay, because our students need to hear it, and, and they need to hear it desperately because the world is telling them that, hey, it's okay to sleep with whoever you want to sleep with, and it's okay to do um, different sexual activity. You know, an oral sex is not really true, true sex, and, and it's not really sinful, and that's okay. Um, you know, so we've broken that barrier, right? Um, but a barrier that we haven't really talked about is the other side of that. Which is how do how do teens uh, deal with gender insecurity, and what I mean by that is how do teens deal with uh, the, the 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 potential of homosexual activity, and and the thing is sometimes it's not talking about it's like oh that's kind of taboo you know we don't want to talk about that let's just talk about premarital sex and. Save yourself for marriage and, you know, and stuff like that. Let's not hit that. But, but that is something that is so prevalent. And, and I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, have been exposed to um, whether it's like that play, um, like that skit, those areas, whether it's people talking about, hey, so-and-so, you know what so-and-so, people are saying about so-and-so and, and what they did and, and, and you know, how, they, how they're behaving and stuff like that. And then we see this, too, now very prevalent in the media, you know, we see the innuendos and in commercials. Uh, we see them in, 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 in animation um, movies. You know, it's everywhere, and the world is saying it's okay. All right, you were made that way. You know, if you, if if I find another guy extremely attractive, and I want to have a romantic relationship with him, they're saying, Mister Lowe, that's okay, because you were created that way. You know, and it's like, just do that. Don't worry about what the stereotype or what people are saying because it's okay. And that's been filtered down even to our school levels. And so I thought, and I was really hard pressed just to share on that. And this will be more of a, 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 a lecture 
type presentation, all right? Uh, but I w what I want to start with is our, I shouldn't say our, but the theological point of view first. I want to lay that groundwork because God did create and gave us sexuality, right? He gave us desires for me to have towards a female and for a female to have towards a guy. And he designed that. He created that. All right? That's his perfect design. And I want to set the foundation for that. But before I begin, um, let's get into a word of words of prayer. Father, thank you, O Lord, for again this Friday and this time that we have to look at your word and also this article uh, from Pro Ministries. Father, I just pray that you would um, help illuminate our minds to uh, understand first and foremost your word and what it says about uh, how you've designed a man to be uh, with a woman and a woman to be with a man and, and how that is a reflection uh, of, of your image and your likeness. So I just pray that we would truly grasp that above everything else and that with this, with this article, I pray that you would give us some new insights of how we can, one, um, examine our lives and then two, how we can uh, uh, be better equipped to help a fellow uh, uh, person who may be um, struggling in, in this area. And this is your name we pray. Amen. All right, Genesis 1. Genesis 1, 26, verse 28, uh, says this. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his what? Own image. In the image of who? God. He created him. Who? And he created them. And God, what? Bless them. And God said to them, be what? And what? And what? Okay, and subdue it. Okay? So, God, God created human sexuality. Okay? He designed it specifically for men to enjoy it with women and women to enjoy it with men. All right? So there's really no shame in this purposeful design. Okay? God wanted Eve to fully embrace Adam and for Adam to fully embrace Eve. Okay? Now, here's the emphasis here. Um, well, just... In Genesis 2, because God... When God created Adam, what else, who remembers what else he created after he created Adam? He created Adam. Huh? Hmm? He created, well, yeah, sorry. Just before he created Adam, what, 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 what did God create? Okay, land animals. Okay, sea animals, right? He created animals. Okay, in Genesis 2, Son of 7, then, then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. All right? Now we're going to drop straight down to verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. 
I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them and whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. All right. The man gave names to all the cattle to, and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was none found a helper. What? For what? Who? Him. All right. So God, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned it into a what? A who? What a who? The rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, Wow! Okay, he's like, Woo! No, the man said, No. That's the, the, math, the ultimate message version. Anyway. <laughs> Forget your that. Okay, the man said, This is now what? Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called because she was taken out of alright for this reason verse 24 I don't think anyway, verse 24 a man shall leave his father and wife and he shall be joined with his wife and they shall be one flesh so why so going through all of that just to set the premise that when a man and a woman are joined together in what we call uh, the, the institution of marriage, they reflect the image of the triune God. When a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, gets come together and said that we want to be joined together, we want to be recognized as a couple, that distorts the image that God had purposefully created. To reflect him, so that's the, so that's the emphasis uh, I want to lay before, so you guys would, would understand uh, the principle, and also just real briefly the theology of as far as homosexuality not being supported by scripture or encouraged in any way. Although we have heard stories of quote unquote church leaders who have openly professed uh, to be uh, um, gay and, and to live a homosexual lifestyle actively leading their church okay it's not um, and we'll get to another uh, passage in the Old Testament where God um, puts that in his law as far as a man should not lie with another man and I'm sure vice versa um, uh, as one lies with a woman so here, so the lies here we go here we go are you guys ready you sure? No. You know? Good. Yeah. No? Maybe? Not sure? Good. Honest answer. All right. So here we go. Okay. And I may, I may ask some questions, but here we go. All right. So the lies. Here are the lies. Okay. Here are the lies. Let's say, that's all right, Michelo. You be you. You were born that way. Don't listen to Demi. Don't. Yeah. Definitely don't listen to Lady God. Just, just throw the TV. When she comes, just throw the TV on the ground. Maybe not, because you didn't pay for it. All right. The lies, the lies, the lies we hear. First one. 
homosexuality is normal and healthy. It's neither. The fact is simply this, right? In about 2% of the population, and I'm sure this is, this is probably more um, survey as far as um, of U.S., doesn't make it normal, right? The fact that it simply occurs in about 2% of the population doesn't make it normal. When we look at the way males and females were designed to complement each other, both emotionally and sexually, that tells us something about the nature of homosexuality, that something has gone wrong somewhere, um, and this is not judging the people who experience same-sex attraction, uh, it's just simply a red light on the dashboard denoting that something is wrong. Second lie, if you are attracted to someone of the same sex, that means you are gay or a lesbian. Not so. Now, this is where I want to explain, okay? Because I have male friends, okay? And, and in all of you to have a friendship, there is something there that attracts you to that person. It may be um, that they like the same sports that you like. They like the same movies that you like. They have a similar personality. So there is an emotional connection. Who has ever, all right, who has friends in here? Or a friend? Okay. Okay. When your friend, say you're at an event, like Ignition, okay? Or you're at a birthday party or whatever, and you're there, right? And your friend hasn't showed up yet. But then your friend shows up, what normally happens to you? Like what 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 what, what feelings do you normally get? Okay, finally. Okay. Huh? You attack them? Remind me not to be your friend. <laughs> hey, Michelle! Ah! Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. So our friendship. No. But but when they when they show up, you're like, oh man, you know, you, you smile, you know what I mean? It's like it's like you recognize that person. You have you have a connection with them, an emotional connection with them, right? Okay, okay. So, so that's what this is saying. It's saying, you know, if you are, if you have that, uh, it's not necessarily having that attraction um, towards the same person. That means that, oh, something's wrong with you. Okay, so that's a lie. Um, the third, the third is since you were born that way, and you can't change. Force. There is no scientific evidence that anyone is born gay. Okay? It's a myth that has been repeated so often that people believe it. Okay? Um, so, three lies. That it's normal and healthy. It's not. That if you are attracted to that person of the same sex, that means that you're gay or lesbian. No, because you, you are friendships with those who have the same sex, and there is an emotional connection there, and that doesn't mean that you're, you're gay or, or a lesbian or, or, or like I'm falling into a homosexual lifestyle. No, 
And the third lie is that you were born that way, which you were not, because there is no scientific evidence to validate or prove that. All right. Here's a topic now on gender insecurity. And what that means is just, and here's the thing before I go on. You know, I'm not saying this because, uh, you know, I think anyone is, someone is struggling with gender insecurity. I'm just saying this because if in fact there is anyone with that, just to know that you don't feel that you have to alienate yourself, especially if you feel uncomfortable that like, I can't approach my parents, I can't approach anyone else, then whatever I'm hearing in the woodwork, that's true. And, and I just don't want you to feel isolated in any way. That's one part of it. And the second part, if you know someone, whether they're your friend or not, that may be struggling with this or you've been hearing rumors about this, just to open your eyes a little bit to what you can do to help that person through this. Okay? Um, gender security has a little story thing. And this is the lady, this lady, um, Sue Bolin, which uh, Pastor Lee said she was actually here a few years ago. I don't remember that, um, but she did a conference thing here. She said, At a conference I attended, author and ministry leader Andy Kamiski shared a painful experience in junior high where one day, out of the blue, the whole school was abuzz with the rumor that Andy was gay. There was even graffiti about it on the wall. He struggled with his sexual identity, but he had never acted out. He walked into a classroom on an errand, and on his way out, two boys called out, Faggot! He was crushed and humiliated. Humiliated. <laughs> there you go. Later on, it'll be an interactive lecture. Later on, <laughs> later on, he made it into a self-fulfilling prophecy and immersed himself in a gay lifestyle. I went up to him and asked if you could rewrite the script of that incident. Knowing what you do today, what would it look like? He said. Oh, I wish there had been some sensitive adults, especially in the church, to talk freely with me and other kids about gender insecurity. They wouldn't even have to talk about homosexuality or, or even use the word. Many kids can relate to the idea of gender insecurity. I would have been, it would have been so freeing for me to have someone acknowledge that it is a real thing but it didn't mean I was gay. I wish there were people who could have spoken truth into my life at that point. And, and that's, why I, that's why I said what I said before. You know, again, even if it's not any of you in here, but if there's someone else and you may want some information, okay, how can I help this person or how can I be of help to this individual or encouragement, you know, then I will encourage you to you know, either, you know, talk to your, talk to your parents or talk to another adult, um, whether it's one of the leaders here or just someone that you know you can, tr that you know you can trust and just ask them, okay, you know, how can I help this person? Or we live in the information age. You know, you can just go online and I would say look more for a Christian, uh, perspective on things, um, to give you some insights of how you can be of help to that, uh, individual. Okay? Uh, 
Okay, here's something. One kind of truth that kids should, or I should say students should hear, is that around age 10, around age 10, attraction for the same sex begins. Now, this attraction is emotional, non-sexual, and involuntary. It doesn't mean teens are gay or lesbian. It means that they are transitioning through a normal adolescent development. Uh, we have to learn how to attach to people of our same sex before we can actually learn how to attach to people of the opposite sex. And it says that most teens don't know this. Teens who identify as gay or lesbian. All right. One, teenagers experiment with, and these are some of the reasons. Teenagers experiment with same-sex relationships for a variety of reasons. Some experience normal crushes on same-sex pairs and think this means they are gay. Or their friends inform them that that's what that means. What it really means is that they are learning to form deep and intense attachments, which is necessary uh, precursor to maintaining long-term adult relationships um, like marriage. And I want to explain that, right? How do you know if you say something offensive to your friend? Well, I just gave it away. <laughs> okay, I can still use that. If, if, if in your friendship, right? How did you learn that saying something offensive hurt that person? Hmm? They start, they start crying. They start crying. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, when you, particularly with, particularly with a close, close friend, when you did something, whether it was, you know, intentional or, or not, um, um, how, how did that make you feel? Like you, you know, you know that you okay. You hurt this person feeling, and they're your friend. How did how did that make you feel? Dirty. Dirty. Okay. <laughs> Dirty. Okay. What? Huh? Guilty. guilty. Made you feel guilty. Okay. All right. Okay. Bad. Okay. Like I'll share. I'll share. I'll share this experience, and it's such a. It's such a. <laughs> I just spit. Sorry, Brandon. It's such a. <laughs> That is like my, 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 my spit protection for everyone else. Front lines. Front lines. Okay. <laughs> I got to talk like this. Okay. I want to share a quick story. Uh, one of my friends, and we weren't necessarily like close, but I mean, we, I mean, we, we were friends, you know what I mean? And, and, um, and again, we didn't necessarily have any much in common like that, but... But I mean, we hang out and stuff like that, you know. And so, so one day, you know, I like pens, you know. So one day, you know, I like, you know, I just collect pens and stuff like that. So one day, he took my pen, right? And again, that's what I'm trying to show you how just how stupid this is, right? So one day, he took my pen, and 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 I know he took my pen, right? And I'm like. I won't use his name, so I'll use another name to save his identity. So, so I, said, I said, Jacob, where's my pen, right? 
He's like, I don't have your pen. I was like, it's like, Jacob, seriously, where's my, where's my pen, right? It's like, wait, I don't have your pen, right? So, again, you guys know me and my temper issues that I share with you and me being lacking patience, right? So, and so we're, we're, we're above the changing room area, right? And so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Jacob, like, where, this is the last time, where's my pen? He's like, wait, I don't have your pen, right? So, so I gripped him and then I slammed up against the wall and I said, where's my pen? Right? Right? It is a true story. Stupid true story. Right? So then he reaches in his bag and he throws the pen on the ground. He's like, yeah, just stupid pen, right? And he, you know, he walks out, he starts crying and stuff like that. And I just, and I was like, that's like, really? Over a stupid pen? Like, I just, I just, I just roughed up my friend over a pen? Right? So I felt, you know, I, I felt, I was like, man, goodness, right? I, I can't even remember, you know? So, no, I just think it was like a paper mate, whatever. It's just. So, alright, come back, come back. Okay, alright, come back. We only have like three minutes. So, but, but this is what this is talking about. You know, when, when, you're, when you're in your, your friendship relationships, you know, having that emotional connection to your friend, you know, and as you develop that emotional connection to your friend, that doesn't mean that, oh man, is something wrong with me? Like, why, why do I have a strong emotional connection with them? It's just, it's not cool. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe something's wrong. And then I heard someone say, well, do you have an emotional connection to your friend? You got to check yourself because you, you know, you're kind of strange. No, you're not. Because uh, the thing is, those relationships help you as you grow, as most of you are, you know, all of you are in, in your adolescence, but, but as you're growing and maturing, those relationships help you because when you do do something stupid like I do, you know, it helps me learn that I can't freak out like that. Like, you know, what would my girl, like, what would, like, how, how would I freak out like that with Jen? Like, that, that, that would just not be cool. You know, like, that would just not, you know what I mean? So, like, it helps you. Um, so that as you, as you grow in, into your adult life and, and you do have your relationship um, uh, with your spouse or, you know, with your girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, you know how to, how to treat and how to react and, 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 and how to deal with certain situations in your relationship. Um, that was a very long-winded explanation on that. But I just wanted to, to understand where they're coming from. All right, as we wrap up. Um, here are some helpful t- tips um, so that you understand and, and, not, and not be insensitive, particularly if you know of another student, another pair uh, in your age bracket that may be struggling with their gender insecurity. And, it's, and it doesn't mean that, and it doesn't mean that, they're, that they're, they're gay or they're lesbian, but it's just that they don't know how to handle their emotional attraction that they have to the same sex and from hearing all the things that people saying, hey you know you were born that way that's you don't fight it it's a natural thing it'll develop into this no and, and, and this is this is some helpful th- um, tips hopefully for you guys to, to be sensitive to uh, um, other parents who may be um, struggling with that to, to help them and not push them towards that lifestyle it says often what teens are attracted to in same sex pairs are the characteristics they wish they had in themselves. Popularity, good looks, a winsome personality, a strong physique. The, this kind of jealousy doesn't mean 
they are gay or lesbian, it means there is an area they need to build confidence in. Most girls who get involved in same-sex relationships start out in friendships that grow increasingly controlling and needy. In these emotional depending relationships, girls can get so enmeshed with each other that their relationships turn turns physical. Um, labels such as gay and lesbian and homo and dyke are incredibly hurtful. And it's easy for those who are slapped with those labels to believe them. So this is where I'm saying to be very sensitive to people that you may be hearing rumors about and not go around and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that dyke over there. Yeah, that's that homo over there. That's, is, that's incredibly... It's not something to laugh about. It's something that's incredibly uh, hurtful. Right? Because... Last point here. Because, and I'm going to clarify this. Because God doesn't call anyone homosexual or lesbian. Those labels are man's invention. Um, not biblical truth. It's essential for things to know who they are in God's sight. Beloved, precious, and stamped with the imprint of his acceptance and his delight. And most importantly, but teens know that they're made, and that's why I started with this. Teens know that they're made in the image and the likeness of God, and His design is for them to fulfill their sexuality, but for them to fulfill their sexuality as He has designed it, and to follow the laws that He has set. Uh, like in Leviticus 18:22, that says that a man should not lie with a man as a man would lie with a woman. Uh, because he has created us with uh, individual uh, uh, sensualities as far as a man and a woman to be joined together for them to express it among, to express it together with themselves, I mean, with their counterparts. Um, and so, just want to um, share it with you, and, and, and you, you guys will talk a little bit more about this in your small group time. And, and like I said, you know, this is really a topic that I just wanted to bring up so that, you know, you would know how to deal, hopefully, uh, with that situation when it arises of someone that you know um, or, or, or an emotion that you may have had. Because, you know, most of us had to deal with thinking, what's going on? You know what I mean? Why? What's, what's these feelings that, that's going on? And, and just knowing how to properly handle them so that the world doesn't stare you in the wrong direction other than you being stirred by the word of God. Amen? Amen. All right, let's close in prayer, and, uh, and then, we'll, then we'll dismiss. Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, the fact that you have indeed created us to be uh, uh, sexual beings, and, and that you've created us um, with that, that nature and that desire for us to enjoy it, um, with the person that you have set aside for us. And, and if we are a guy, that's for us to enjoy with uh, a woman. And, and if we're a lady, for us to enjoy it with a guy. And I just pray that you would help um, the students here. Um, the worldview is just do whatever, you know. Do you um, um, accept who you are 
um, accept the status quo and uh, and its lies. And so I just pray that your word would have penetrated the hearts of the students here and that they will be an encouragement um, um, to other teens as well that may be struggling with this, uh, whether it be their friends or not. I just pray that they would be a source of encouragement and, and direction as well um, in this area. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.